earthquakes might be shaking things up for me and this week's guest, but more people were affected by a total outage at Facebook that affected a few important social media platforms. You needed only to look at Twitter to see the outrage, even coming from our own Jaime Rivera, regarding the loss of service in Facebook, Messenger, Instagram, and WhatsApp. The issue even prompted me and a few of our friends to move to different messaging applications. This week, I sit down with TK Bay and discuss how we rely on all of these services and what we ended up doing when they went dark. And then, after the break, we talk about the recent confusion regarding the Huawei ban and speculate on what the next smartphone from Samsung will bring to the table. In order to keep our show going, we do need the help of great advertisers, and we want to make sure that those advertisers are ones that you want to hear about. So we need to keep learning about you to make that possible. Help us do so by going to podsurvey.com pocketnow and take a quick anonymous survey that would help us get to know you better. So we can make sure that we're bringing you advertisers that are relevant to you. And once you've completed the quick survey, you can even choose to enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Head over to podsurvey.com slash pocket now. That's P-O-D-S-U-R-V-E-Y dot com slash pocket now. Thank you so much for your help and for listening to this episode. By the way, before we finally do get started, I wanted to call your attention to a couple of questions later in the show that you should look out for. I invite all of you to answer them in the comment sections down below to let your voices be heard. And then next week, we will feature some of the top comments live on the show. I feel like I should give like a small explanation. This is one of my this is one of my my uh, fatal flaws when it comes to YouTube and content like this and all that. I always want to explain when certain things happen. Uh, there's two <laughs> of us in this episode. Uh, the reason why is because because okay well in the first reason i hope jaime doesn't get mad at me for saying this but we're all getting old man i, <laughs> <laughs> I okay. okay i um okay. i you do my friend okay <laughs> well i just turned 30 and i can i can already people are already warning me that like things are going to start changing and i'm i'm open to that that's cool you know i'm, I'm all right with that but then I can totally tell that like jet lag is taking longer to recover from. So that's kind of what Jaime was kind of going through the other day. Um, so he was unable to make the show because he not only is still getting over jet lag, but he's actually traveling even like we postponed the show one day and then he's traveling back to Latin America. And you know what? No one can ever blame Jaime for jet lag because he literally travels so much more than any of us ever could. Um, exactly. Back and forth from Latin America. And then... <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like, I just made the age comment, but I don't know what else to say because we were supposed to have David Immel on today, but poor guy is probably just knocked out still. So he must have done something for Fourth of July weekend. So I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> no, you know, it's okay. It's okay. The core, the core team is here, and uh, you know, I think it's it's going to be an interesting week, anyways, because we've had we have a lot of things going on for both of us here in California and. and you know, and with the internet and all of that stuff. So I think it's it's good. It's good. I think back next week, holiday's over, everybody will be back in, uh, in tip-top shape. Exactly, uh, which I think is really funny too because uh, you and I, we're in the same time zone. We're in the same general area. And yeah. I mean, just think of, just, just think about just like how weird this past week has been. We have experienced more earthquakes in the last few days than we have in the past like 10 years. Yeah, no, in the last <laughs> couple of days, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's it's so odd because um, it happened, there was one two days ago and then there was one yesterday. Um, mm -hmm. Last and night, yep. What I love, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm happy 
to say that everything is fine, but I'm also happy to say that people were check were people checking in on you as well, like Enabong. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Family, uh, even online, people were like touching just to make sure because from the outside, it looks like everybody lives in the same spot. Mm -hmm. But um, it's also because Los Angeles was hit with you know with a big earthquake. I mean, it's been a while if you if you consider the fact like you know I think this ninety four nine you know nineties and that was the latest the last time we had a big one. Uh, but this one just two in a row, and and last night was even stronger. So yeah, yeah. indeed. And then, of course, the moment it happens, you just get onto Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or something <laughs> like that. And everyone's like, the earth done quaketh. And like everyone's freaking out. And <laughs> um, especially, uh, especially Los Angelinos. Like we, yeah, yeah. we, we should be used to it by now, but we're sure. still like whenever anything changes, like if it's not sunny, we're freaking out. Like that. <laughs> exactly. If there's a drop of rain, it's a, you know, the, the, the rainstorm of whatever year we're in. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's mostly because of the the magnitude of it, right? I mean, because I think we, I'm pretty sure we miss most of the low level ones as we just it's normal day. And I think if you were driving, you probably didn't even feel it that much. I think you had to be stationary and you had to notice things moving because the initial wave is yeah. more of a it's a roll. It's so it's it's not a it, yeah. So it's not like a shake like the way you see it, like everything was. No, it's literally it's almost like you feel like the whole ground is rolling with you, and you're like, when did I join this team, and when is it gonna stop? <laughs> Yeah, and then after it gets done, you just you're still kind of trying to center yourself, and like your whole body exactly. still wants to do this whole thing, and it just gets it just gets really weird. So you know, just for just for anybody out there who uh, wants to peek behind the curtain, yeah, TK and I we're the ones who live in the West Coast. Uh, very very rarely do we get more than just the two of us on the West Coast, and we're kind of we're going through some shakes. The Earth done quaketh, but so did the internet. So you know, I bring up the whole social media yeah. thing. It may not have even been possible to talk about the earthquake on social media because this past week we had some weird stuff going on on the internet and that's what i wanted to start off the show with the first half of the show yeah. um jaime even took okay <laughs> here's the funny part um first of all there were some outages uh facebook which already in and of itself is kind of not they're not really under fire but i know people call them out for for basically owning so many different services on the internet um whether or not you want to bring up the whole antitrust thing and whatnot, that's that's up to you. That's up to lawmakers and all that. But there is one true de detraction or let's just say, what's the opposite of a, a disadvantage? There's a disadvantage to yeah. Facebook owning so many places. It's that when Facebook goes down, so does everything else. And that's exactly yeah. what happened this past week. Did you did you get affected by any of that? Um, well, mostly on IG. And, and for the, I haven't really been using Facebook much as far as just you know using the actual platform. But I noticed it and I was looking through my Instagram stories like my communication my messages weren't refreshing and or if it does refresh it was refreshing to an earlier time in the day where I already kind of refreshed it's almost like you know Instagram was drunk for some reason and it was just bringing up old stories and keep talking about old stuff and I'm like I've already checked this what happened yeah and then uh yeah I, I jumped over on Twitter and I was like oh okay yeah that makes sense exactly it, isn't that the funny thing though like uh, that even social media platforms have to take to a rival social media platform to, <laughs> to exactly. say, <laughs> to say that they're down that. it was so weird yeah they, they can't go on their own service to say we're down exactly like uh, People know, mm -hmm. and, and you know, and but yeah, you have to jump on Twitter. At least was you know, luckily Twitter wasn't impacted uh, by anything else. So it seems like yeah, it pretty much was for the most part centered around having so many services owned by one company. But it also sounds like they have a single point failure that they really should address because this yes. should not happen. 
you know, they, the Instagram was independent before WhatsApp was independent and Facebook was independent. After the merger, something happened where they have now they have some kind of a, I, I would say, like I said, a single point failure, ref, something that could go wrong, and it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the world kind of just, it, it's just it's hard. It's hard. Um, and it's far reaching, right? Because it's one yeah, thing for me to I, open up Instagram and then all of the stories are blank, like the circles at the top, mm-hmm. they're not even showing previews, and then. We, so that was the yeah that was the yeah that was that was that was the first sign at least to me that I couldn't open stories and it's one of those terrible mm-hmm. like you forgive me for being a millennial but it's one of those terrible habits that I have in the morning is that uh, I think it was this past Wednesday was when the uh, the outage was happening and I woke up in the morning looked at my phone and I wanted to go through stories like I do it's one of the it's one of the habits I'm trying mm-hmm. to break uh, waking up first thing in the morning and looking at social media but anyway I couldn't do it so I was already like oh man that sucks and then. I'm in a long distance relationship, if anyone who follows me doesn't already realize. And she, uh, Isa, Isa Rodriguez, uh, she, Isa was messaging me via Facebook Messenger and none of her photos were, were, were loading. She wanted to show me a bunch of stuff because she was out hanging out with a couple of our other tech friends. And yeah, she was in Hong Kong trying to share her trip with me and nothing. All the photos were just squares. I couldn't even, I could barely get messages from her. It was crazy. And, and then, of course, Jaime, Mr. WhatsApp himself, uh, took to Twitter and said, okay, Instagram <laughs> is one thing. That's bad. I don't use Facebook. I try my best not to. And I don't use Messenger. But when WhatsApp isn't working, I'm like, guys, this is a bad time. Like, the fact that you yeah. own all of these things and you can't keep them all up is a big deal. And is it, forgive me if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm incorrect here, but, like, I think people are saying that um, – this is happening more and more, and that's alarming, right? Yeah, no, it, it's 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 harder to believe, but it, it's not the first time. I mean, YouTube was down not that long ago. Mm. We've seen other services go down. So it's just the way it's everything centralized, and we really need to start building redundancies into these things. You know, if something does go down, like a mainframe goes down, jump on the other one, as opposed to just basically let everything kind of go down and just yeah. not have especially like I said, these services existed independently before Facebook. Whatever they did after they took over, they made basically everything funnel through the same path. That's the control. That's their level of control. And I think that's where the issue happened. It's whatever they updated. And it's it's just, it, it's hard. It's hard on people. Um, I mean, and, and I'm with you. I wake up in the morning and first thing I do, I go to my Instagram, I go to my Twitter. Those are my places. That so I usually shameful my stuff. And, 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 <laughs> and I'm sorry, but that's how I like to... So I connect with people, like stay up to date with some friends because you don't you don't get to talk to your friends all the time. But I feel like stories give you the ability of kind of getting that glimpse sure. of how things are going and how how what they're doing, what they're up to lately and stuff. Um, personally, was you know keeping tabs on when you guys went to to Japan because mm-hmm. that's some ways I'm going to and I wanted to see all the cool places I can go check out. Oh, yeah. you know when I go there. So it is it is it's a little bit hard and it is a bit of an addiction. I think kind of like you you touched on that a little bit. But it made us. We, it did make us uh, think, though, because I remember, yeah, Isa um, and I. I mean, Isa lives in the Philippines, and uh, it's one of those countries that unfortunately has been affected by what we what we'll call the algorithm problem when it comes to Facebook. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to get into all the politics and whatnot with that, but let's just say that there's kind of a weird love hate relationship with Facebook in the Philippines. So she's always been wanting to get mm-hmm. away from the umbrella that is FB, and uh, yeah. when all of this stuff started happening, and I start ranting to her about it a little bit on messenger whenever the messages would actually go through we we finally decided to make a change and it was actually david immel 
who um, kind of yeah. was the catalyst for this because we were talking about what messengers we could move to. And this is something that I want to do more often with our audience, especially our YouTube audience. I want to make sure that you guys are all in the discussion. Here's a question I'm going to post to you, TK. And then I want everyone who's watching the YouTube highlight reel to do the same. Answer in the comments down below. What are all of the messaging applications that you're using? Because there are so damn many of them. And just recently, oh, you and man. ITK, we finally converted over to one that hopefully is going to be like our go-to, and that's Telegram. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm i a big... So I've, I've been using Telegram for a while, so I was really happy. When you joined it, you were like, hey, do you use Telegram? <laughs> yep, yep. Let me know what your idea is. I'll set, I'll set it yeah. up. Um, I use so many, man. Um, so if I had to go through a list, I would probably say, okay, so there's Hangouts, Discord... Telegram, Facebook Messenger, um, Instagram messaging, I generally don't use, but I, I do have a couple. Mm. Um, and then, of course, uh, I do have, you know, standard messengers, you know, the Google Messenger, text messaging on our phone. But I actually rely on WhatsApp quite a bit. Yep. You know, uh, so whenever we travel, whenever we go in places and stuff like that, WhatsApp's always been the more consistent form of communication. It's secure. You're able to exchange information, you know, pictures and so on. So I have quite a few, and I'm sure I'm missing a few that I don't, you know, maybe can't remember off the top of my head. WeChat? That's, that's not that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Which is funny. <laughs> All my friends over in, in, the, in Asian uh, countries at WeChat. Yeah, Which is yeah, funny. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to make light of any stereotypes or anything like that, but even Jaime recently... Uh, messaged me on WeChat and was like, hey, I got it working again. And then he was like, did you get my messages on WeChat? And I just find it so funny that he's like anti-Facebook and then using the Chinese messenger. <laughs> it's like... No, I, yeah, yeah, no. I, but it's it's a way, it's a means to an end, uh, realistically. Yeah. I think it just depends on who you're communicating with. In the U.S., I think Facebook Messenger, um, iMessage, and so on, and things like that, those are more, more the prominent ones. But if you were communicating with anybody outside or had, that has ever traveled, WhatsApp will automatically hit. And if you go in and talk to anybody that's mostly in Asian communities, I think WhatsApp as well as uh, WeChat. You know, those are those are the biggest things, and uh, especially if you're trying to communicate with anybody in China, that's the only way. I think WeChat is the only way to communicate. Yeah. So to me, it's it's crazy. If I, I would, oh man, I would have a really hard day if all of these things go down at the same time. <laughs> I just have to toss my phone at that point. I'm like, okay. It's like, all right, oh, I guess I'm not out. using my phone at all today. Then I guess. <laughs> no, no, I'll have to drive over to your to, to your house to make a comment. Exactly, which is, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think, I think that with the outage of Facebook, it made us all rethink how we actually communicate with people. Not just on the level yeah. of, um, not just on the level of what messenger do we choose to use. And Telegram, there's a reason why Telegram ended up being the one that we like, is because it's simple. Mm -hmm. And I have yeah. to say, like that simplicity is something that I have been missing, which is why it made me think, why don't we text anymore? That's the other thing. Okay, so uh, listeners and uh, commenters, uh, listeners and viewers, I should say, if you're commenting, no matter where you are, um, make sure you uh, tweet out at us if you need to, or head over to the YouTube highlight reel and get into the comment sections. What are all the messengers you're using? Just how ridiculous do you think it is that we have so many? And aside from that, here's my other question. And next week on the podcast, I am going, like we or I am going to try to... Uh, uh, call out a few of these comments and actually respond to them. You guys can be featured on the podcast next week. So I want to make sure we start doing that more often. Anyway, what happened to texting? Like we just don't text anymore. And like texting is, is a centralized way of communicating one-on-one -on -one with people. And I feel like it's something that we take not only for granted, but we just don't do anymore. It's hard, well, especially with the whole Google trying to, you know, uh, roll out RCS. This is, you know, integrated and, uh, adopted by carriers it's just at least for me texting has become very 
device specific. Maybe that's for me. That's why I probably don't point. use it as much. And it's generally because it's you know like we have tablets, we have PCs, we have all that stuff. And texting doesn't transfer with you much. If you're using the Google Messenger app, you can maybe use the the, the, the yeah. web browser version on your desktop. But that's still yeah the same. But that's still an extra step. Um, I feel like we want to be able to communicate in the best ways, and that's generally, you know, WhatsApp is very flexible. It's easy. It is cent- it is connected to a device, but that then you get Telegram. Telegram works much better. Then you get Discord, which has a much much better, uh, you know, desktop client, and you get all these other applications. And I think it just becomes easier to connect with people without having to give out a number or a phone. You just install it. You log into your account with Telegram. It doesn't matter what phone you're on. You're getting all your messages. You're getting all your history. Text messages doesn't work that way. There's no backup. Yeah. There's no centralized server experience right well the thing is so you lose have, all of that sorry to interrupt i just, just it just a thought just came up like yeah, yeah okay on the one hand that is one thing that we hated about whatsapp which is probably why we're happy to get away from whatsapp is that it's device centric so you have single sign-on and then mm-hmm. every time you change a phone you lose all those messages so that's that's a little bit too much like text messaging and that's one thing that we dislike which is why telegram yeah which you can sync across all devices uh, potentially, um, you know, it's a, you yeah. were able to actually keep our messages and be able to sync them across. But that's the other thing, too, is like we are the special demographic, though. We're the ones who actually have multiple devices to somebody who has, let's say, just like uh, a Samsung Galaxy S10 and uses that for two mm-hmm. some odd years. I mean, it's not as big a deal to those people, right? Like they could probably just keep texting. I would, I would imagine. I would imagine it's. I think it would be probably pretty much, you know, it works the same way. But there's also the communication between, you know, iPhone users and, you know, Android users. When they use iMessage and, you know, they come in as text messages to us, right? So there's always that cross-platform. I feel like for some reason, I I would rather send you a message over on WhatsApp. Just the ability because I can okay. share more things with it. Longer video formats, you know, there's big, there, you know, and the encryption part of it. Uh, where text messaging doesn't really have there's not you know you don't really get that whole i feel secure on a text message but whatsapp encrypts on both sides facebook is trying to you know implement these things and those are things that people are worried about other people being able to listen to their communication and text messaging unfortunately is not as secure as you so know, potentially encryption. the solution is not it, wechat if that's what you're saying <laughs> i'm sorry it's 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 an I ongoing say, it's an ongoing I joke I, I apologize wechat is actually a very secure network it just happens to come from a place that people don't view as <laughs> the, um and not only that in china wechat plays a much bigger role than yes. what you and i use wechat for I mean, they—it's a shopping network. It's money transfer, Mm -hmm. communication. Um, I mean, you can actually buy things straight in the store. You can go to a store and using WeChat and pay for something out of your own credit card that's linked to it. So it's a much, much bigger uh, tool than what we just use it for messaging. I think it's just there's there's always going to be that. And you know, but uh, yeah, credit where credit is due. WeChat was the first messaging application that taught me that there are features I want in my messenger, like. voice messaging like holding the button and doing a quick voice message like that's great um, exactly and you're right like it is it, it, you can actually connect so many things to it and now obviously facebook wants to kind of follow that um unfortunately if these outages keep happening yeah. that's not going to be a good deal um one more question on this particular topic i just wanted to ask yeah. um imagine okay so we all have our data in very specific places now while while there have been very storied 
uh, issues with things like Apple and, and iCloud and all that stuff. Um, Google also is the mm -hmm. other side of that coin. So while people have their data up in the iCloud and then what if the iCloud gets hacked? Well, what if the iCloud goes down? What if Apple's services go down? On top of that, what happens if Google services go down? We have those problems too. So I guess my question is, are, do you have yeah. any tips yeah. for people who might have all of their data up in one place and then that place goes down? Oh, man, that is such a, I mean, so the, the old days would probably just come back to me and just say, look, you know what, backups, 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 make sure you have your data backed up. But the reality is we rely so much on it. I, the only thing I would say essentially is just have it in multiple services. Like, you, you know, like we noticed, Instagram went down, but Twitter was still up and running. So you had a way of communicating. But if your Gmail goes down, if let's say your main, you know, your company's email account goes down. The only way I would say is to, when you do set up your email, set it up to a local client on your PC and make sure that it downloads all the content and keep an extended amount so that you're not totally down if the service is down. And then, of yeah. course, back up your contacts. So it's, it's in general, yeah, my answer is always going to be backup, local backup, not online. Don't try to trust online with another online. Just have at least a good copy of your information, uh, especially contact information, you know, more pertinent information on your PC. And that way you have access to it, at least even if the Internet is... Uh, you know, I, guess, a break, I guess the silver holiday. lining with some of this stuff is like if you are if you like don't freak out I guess because if you are affected by an outage uh, it's very possible that the person that you need to communicate with is affected by it too so <laughs> you're not going to lose your job exactly. over over Gmail yeah. going down you know like <laughs> I was going to say yeah they're not sitting there exactly. saying where is that email that report is not here and then you're like but I can't connect and, they, and he has a connect no everybody's affected. Um, and, and yeah, the perfect example is just to jump on Twitter and an outage and see what happens. <laughs> oh my God, see that's still my favorite thing is that like even just seeing that tweet and maybe I'll put it up on the YouTube highlight reel is just that like Instagram got on Twitter and said Instagram is down. And it's like, you, you know, someone at Twitter was like, gotcha. <laughs> It's so funny. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, we're good. All right. So yeah, uh, we do have some other stories coming up, especially a couple of really high profile ones coming from two of the companies that a lot of you guys are really into. But we'll talk about that after the break. Support for the Pocket Now Weekly also comes from Netgear and their Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 router. It gives you ultra-fast speeds and wider coverage throughout your home. It's the biggest revolution in Wi-Fi ever. Our own Brandon Miniman has been using the router in his home. He has a tech-heavy family, and in his house, he has approximately 37 Wi-Fi devices connected all at one time, including security cameras, streaming boxes, and a 4K television, on top of all of the laptops, phones, and tablets. He was recently using the newest router from Apple, for example, to keep all of those devices connected, but noticed a significant increase in Wi-Fi speeds once switching over to the Netgear Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 router. With any device, he can can now go deep into his backyard while maintaining a strong Wi-Fi signal. It's a serious router for those needing the best in throughput, latency, and distance. The devices of today and tomorrow demand more. Turn your Wi-Fi up to 6 with a Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 router. Check it out today at netgear.com slash Wi-Fi 6. That's netgear.com slash Wi-Fi and the number 6. So coming back from the break, we are talking about... Two of the main companies, like, okay, so I wanted to start off actually with um, Huawei. And mm -hmm. yes, we're talking about Huawei again. I'm not going to go into full lengths about the whole, like, trade wars or anything like that. But it, we would be remiss if we didn't at least mention that things got even weirder recently because at the G20 summit that happened in Osaka, which was funny because I was in Japan when that was happening, 
Yeah, um, it was exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because Isla and I always end up in the same country that Trump sort of appears in. Like we were in France an, uh, a while I mean, back, and he just came, and we were like, "Why is the Arc de Triomphe like quarant like quarantine, but it's like blocked off? Oh, off, because yeah. the motorcade is coming through." And then there you go, Trump was there. So while uh, while I was vacationing in Tokyo for my birthday, um, yeah, in Osaka, the G20 was happening. This is just one thing I want to put out there real quick is like. Again, trying not to get too political with this, but even Jaime has gone on record as saying, like, you know, there's 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 some problems with the way that things are going in our administration. Uh, I just want to put it out there that it just it's it's just so funny to me how uh, Trump seems like a YouTube commenter in the sense that he'll say all of this crazy stuff, and then the moment he comes face to face to somebody in person that he has affected, like. Chinese President Xi Jinping, he all of a sudden will just be like, oh yeah, well, Huawei will be able to work with US companies. And then things got weirder because yeah. despite Huawei, despite the president basically saying that, Huawei is still being treated by the current administration as on the blacklist. And it's like, make up your mind? <laughs> so I don't know. It's just, it's always funny to me how. You know, this this whole thing with Huawei, and again, I, we said this weeks ago, Huawei seems to be the one company that is so easy to just use as a scapegoat, which sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, Huawei is the company that keeps being talked about when, in general, we should be talking about U.S.-China trade war instead of just one company. But, you know, the, the headlines are always going to talk about Huawei in general. Um, I think it's because they're so big in the mobile world and everybody can actually uh, you know they understand you say the word people will know what you're talking about and yeah they're in the phone industry they're actually pretty big they're i think was it the number two if if not not, uh, you know it's just it's one of those things that you you have to understand that you're right the whole thing is not just about huawei they're just the ones we're talking about but the reality is a much bigger implication it actually much bigger implication for people that like to buy things and always appreciated things being you know reasonably priced or uh you know at at a good steal because at the end of the day you know, those are the things that are going to get impacted when tariffs starts going in and you know increasing the price for everything. Not just sending it to China, but it's also coming to the U.S. because they're both increasing tariffs on both sides. So yeah, it's just it's, ridiculous too. Because I remember when when that news first broke, there was like a collective sigh of relief among exactly. people. Exactly, like yeah. finally it's over. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And people like even even publications like The Verge were starting to put out. Um, articles it may not have been the verge maybe it was somebody else but there were articles coming out that were basically saying what does this mean for 5g does that mean 5g is finally back on track blah 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 and Mm -hmm. then the whole thing of still treat them like they're on the blacklist was happening again and it's like when do you are we ever going to see an end to this craziness do you think like because it's honestly tiring at this point (laughs) i think it's if anything else it's a it's a pawn in a i I think it's like a, a pawn in a game really I think it's hard to, as long as the negotiations are going, I think this will always be a pawn in there because I feel like if anything, that's the one thing they can impact directly on top of that, that works directly with the U.S. that is global. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say that, you know, while we will never be part of the negotiation or part of the conversation, at least not the negotiation. Uh, but yeah, my goal is, well, my hope is that they would be able to basically reach a solution and finally work out the, the trade agreement because it hurts both our ends. You know, we, we rely on Chinese goods and they rely on some some imports from us. Uh, but if nothing else, I think the U.S. owes there's a lot. They have a lot of stock in the U.S. China actually is not just a trade partner. There's a lot more beyond trade wars. So I'm, I'm really hoping he, he doesn't 
stretched it throughout the uh, you know election process, which I hope Oof. I hope I really hope it doesn't go I, that far. I did not I, even I think that of that, and now that you said it, that's probably what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, because <laughs> you think about it, right? I mean, it's it's a year, about a year, a little over a year from now, mm-hmm. and as long as he plays that, it'll always be in the news. And if he closes it right at the time where people are going to to vote. That could be seen as a, as a big move to to increase support. Yeah, so. that's true. The thing is, you know, there are there are long what's it long term implications to all of this because all, right. all of these moves actually made Huawei move. Uh, we've talked extensively extensively already about rumors regarding operating systems that they're creating to potentially replace Windows 10 to potentially replace mm-hmm. Android, and yeah. even if this 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 ban is lifted, that doesn't mean that Huawei is going to stop actually making those operating systems they have to they're basically like any youtuber right now that uh gets demonetized like they learn not to put all their eggs in one basket they have to learn how to actually get things done in other platforms and that's exactly what huawei is learning right now it's like you can't just rely on android you can't just rely on microsoft so you have to sort of figure out how to do things on your own which is why their manufacturing has moved to taiwan their operating system is actually like making headlines at this point so yeah it's almost as if they're creating a beast they're creating a huawei beast that will actually compete with the incumbents of the of the tech space the samsung's and the and the microsoft's of the world and um how do you feel tk about that inevitable shift that huawei is already a superpower in the tech world but they could mm-hmm. become an even more independent power and actually compete with the things that we know and love in the mobile tech space I think if anything else, I think that brings up innovation and brings up competition, right? We Right now, for the most part, Android, I mean, we have two main operating systems, right? We lost Windows Mobile. We, we don't, you know, Symbian OS is not exactly a, a success. And we don't really see other competitors other basically to Android and iOS. Yeah. Having a third having a third option that is reasonable and it actually gets used on devices across the world that could easily be switched over from a device that was previously running Android, that... That's, that is going to push Android to try to be even more innovative. And then I think that will help us in the in the long run. Um, but as far as basically how Google would be impacted with it, it was an average user. I think with the amount of skinning that is done to Android, it's it almost becomes, um, I would almost say, is if they're able to replicate all the function, it becomes you know transparent to the user on the other side. It's no different than getting an update. And, and Samsung proved it to us when they did the Tizen update on their watches. They originally used to have Android Wear, and they were using Android Wear on the first couple of generations of Android watches. And with an update, literally, they transferred it into a Tizen OS running a watch, and we had no different. The experience didn't change. Nothing looked different. So... I think it's good, um, and I think it would be it would be beneficial for Huawei to to basically not have a single point of basically issue. Like if they pull the license on Android, suddenly all of my devices, everybody's panicking on their phones. Yeah, they can continue. You know what I'm saying? And that's the cool thing about it is they're big enough that they have the R and D, they have the resources, and they've always been pushing innovation that they could make this happen. And I hope this makes it into a third operating system that we can all you know try and use and see how it works. Yeah, it, it will definitely shake up the industry. And of course, we're always really happy about that. And the thing is, we don't really take sides. It's not like we're trying to say that Android should be king or iOS should be king. And if anybody exactly. else comes yeah. in, it's going to be a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It actually might be a very, very good thing. Um, but it's just so funny that, you know, this this could be an unintended consequence of all that's happening. You know, Huawei might just become even bigger because of this. 
Um, and more independent, like you said, exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then I think we'll have to see. It's just it's more about the uh, what they can do. And um, I've been, you know, their their chipset, the Kirin chipset, is actually pretty good. It's one of the one of the better ones on the market, right, right behind Snapdragon. That's true. That's true. And you never know, like what what if it ever came out to be that uh, U.S. companies realize that what Huawei has developed is actually pretty good, and they start making their own deals to get what Huawei develops. And it's <laughs> like, look what you did. Look chip. what happened. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> With, for them to start using the Kirin chip in their in their device, because right now the only way to get it is on either Huawei or Honor devices, um, and I would love to be able to see that. And it's actually, you know, they did the seven nanometer chipset before Snapdragon. I mean, they may have been in development at the same time, but they went to market with it first in la- I think was it last year in 2018 with yeah, the yeah. Mate 20 Pro. So it, and it's it's a it's a great performer, uh, stays cool, and you know does a great job. So yeah, I, I can't wait to see what they can come up with because they they always push the envelope, push the limit, and bring us new stuff. Yeah, totally. Speaking of pushing the envelope and you know new stuff coming out, we all finally got. Well, actually, you and I were talking about this a little while back. Like, did you you did not you did not personally get an invite to the upcoming Samsung Unpacked, right? Uh, I am in the process. Okay, <laughs> I'm trying. Uh, no, so I, I did receive an invite to the San Francisco one. I think the one we all went to last night for the S line devices. Ah. Uh, for the Note, I'm I'm in the process. Hopefully, yeah. it comes through and, and I'm able to hit me up with you guys. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's it. just like a nudge that's needed to be honest. Because yeah, 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 you know, you have a history with these guys, as as do we all. You know, so exactly. um, yeah. So the invites finally went out for the upcoming Samsung Unpacked. It's uh, it's meant for about a month from now so it's august 7th at the barclay center in brooklyn which is one of their favorite places to do uh unpacks actually um so speculation obviously is running pretty rampant right now everyone is wondering what the next note device is going to be especially after the splash that was the s10 the s10 plus and the s10e oh wow Mm -hmm. it'd be weird to have like a note 10e I feel like anyway, that's exactly what we're going to talk about right now is that (laughs) um, we have all of these different rumors coming out and different renders that are appearing, telling us or trying to tell us what the Samsung Galaxy Note 10 might look like. And this is the 10th version of the phone. It obviously means that they want to make a splash with it. Um, There have been rumors of a Note 10 Pro like a second mm-hmm. version that's even more powerful. Obviously, the Note means that you get the S Pen back. But if you look at the actual invitation for Unpacked, it's an S Pen drawing a camera. and A single camera, yeah. Mm-hmm, there's a lot to glean from that. And obviously, everyone's going to make assumptions. Jaime himself actually made an assumption that, um, not an assumption, a speculation, that the S Pen might finally have its own camera on it. And I know that there have been, there's always been speculation that the S Pen could eventually have some sort of optic package in it. But I I don't know what that would even be. Like, why why would that even be useful? Um, But I guess that would be a way for us to dovetail into the general discussion of what we want to see from the Note 10. Exactly. No, no. That I, I. Well, first and foremost, I'm a very, I'm very big with uh, Note devices. I, I've, I've used Note devices for such a long time. I even have, I think, the Note Seven, the, um, the actual one that was recalled, but could not send the unit back for some reason since they wouldn't take it. Oh, so, you're sitting uh, on a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the battery has has been has been since depleted, and yeah. I have not charged it in years. Okay, it's for the most part a relic in a box, um, but it it has one of my most favorite colors that they've ever had on a note, which is uh, the golden uh, that that the little light blue coloring on it. But oh. um, I'm really excited to see what they bring up with the note. I mean, obviously we saw a big change with the S line of device. 
devices. First and foremost, the front the front display with the Infinity O camera. You know that the display is. You, you still get some of the aesthetics, but now they're going all the way to the top. The S10 Plus was a really good example of that. The dual front-facing cameras. Um, the S10, the S10e had the single uh, front-facing camera, but if you notice, most of these cameras were all. You know, and I'm trying to hit a little bit on some of those leaks. Uh, you know, they were all centered, you know, centered either on their own right side or sitting on in a position where they were not centered. And some of the leaks we saw with the camera, at least at, at the ones I was able to see, is saying that the camera may be sitting in the center of the actual top part of the display. It's still a punch hole. I think that's what I felt like when I saw the invite. I felt like, okay, they're drawing that single camera. They're telling us it's going to be a punch hole style camera and it's no longer, you know, they're not trying to, you know, show us a notch or whatever. Having it in an S Pen, I don't know. I don't know if there was ever. Like, I don't know if there ever be a situation where you're always like, you know, can I can I use my S Pen to take a picture? And even if they could, <laughs> what kind of lens they could put in there? What and, kind of 007? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, like, hold on, let me get a pen. And I guess I don't even have a pen on the table. But, you know, let me take a picture with you here yeah. as opposed to using the phone. And um, I think if anything, I think it would be great. I think they're going to probably obviously give us better, uh, better touch point, better response, better sensitivity as usual. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing some new tricks. I want to see some new features they bring into the S and other stuff. Uh, having the ability of using it last year from the Note 9 to take pictures was a lifesaver. My, my, my better half great. enjoys that feature. Yeah, just the ability of using it, even if you're holding it in your hand, just using the S Pen to initiate an image is, is a lifesaver. So then imagine like using that, that for with the wide angle, because the, the S10 was what introduced the wide angle. So if the Note 10 is going to have it also, man, like that actually makes me excited. <laughs> yeah no no exactly you set up your shot you're there you're good you can step back take a picture and then just the, the flexibilities are obviously the capabilities and the things you can do and especially with the um i saw a video from edabong this morning talking about the steady shot on the camera oh, with yeah, the, the yeah. 1080p so those are some of the things you always don't love and i want to see more more things like that and on top of the fact you know big batteries obviously we know it's going to be bigger than what we have on the s line so that was already 4100 so i i, I can only imagine how big they're going to put in there maybe a 5000 that'd be nice it's so funny how far back in our imaginations we actually have to dig because it's almost as if whenever we ask this question of anybody in our industry honestly like it's hard to actually pinpoint those features that might be missing from these devices like we've really hit it's not even a plateau it's not a plateau it's just we've hit a point where phones actually have all the features that we were wishing for two three years ago so everything from uh, wide-angle cameras to big batteries to wireless charging and all of that, which is the reason why we have like this weird year where like phones look really weird. <laughs> we actually have foldable devices. We have pop-out cameras. We have uh, punch-hole uh, cameras in the screens and whatnot. And mm -hmm. Samsung yeah. is still like, – they've managed to kind of ride those trends as well, even if we have slightly more exciting things like pop-up cameras and like the Oppo Reno or the Find X and all that. Um, is there anything? Oh yeah, the OnePlus is as well. Oh, that, that's true. Yes, and another prolific phone now that they're on um, major carriers. But mm -hmm. what is something that you feel like the Note Nine did not deliver on that it should this time I, around? I think if anything else, it'll be the the triple camera setup in the back that I felt like the S line kind of brought in. Because for me, that's been one thing that's been missing there. We've had dual cameras for a while with Samsung devices. <laughs> But for some reason, the wide-angle lens was never like enough. You know, we've we have, like, you know, on the front-facing camera, you have the ability of doing that little punch in, punch out a little bit. It's not really a wide-angle lens, but just fits a little bit more on the on there. But having uh, the flexibility of going with the ultra-wide lens on the back, 
especially the way Samsung does it, because their cameras actually do really good and they do much better at corrections of the edges there. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like this, that would be definitely a really good game changer, especially from productivity. If you want to use that device with the pen to produce content and to basically run a channel, because I know I actually have a few friends that run their entire channels on the Note 9. Like his, his entire camera rig setup is the Note 9. They produce, they shoot, they do everything on their phone. And it's it's not bad to say, we're getting to the point where your phone can do everything. You, you connect text to a PC True. and suddenly you're using PowerDirector or you know Adobe Rush, as you know, it was a partner at the S-Line. So I, I'm looking forward to things like that, making it more functional outside of just being a phone. We need more of that functionality and make decks better. Yeah, and you know, not, fully to mention, run everything. not to mention the S10 was the first phone to support Adobe Rush. So if you wanted to exactly. do uh, videos uh, using that phone and potentially the Note 10 as well, it should be supported. Um, mm -hmm. You could do all your editing on there. That's actually an idea for some content that I want to do over on my own channel is like, could I use a phone from, from end to end in mm -hmm. post uh, pre-production, filming, post-production, publishing like i'm thinking oh yeah can i do that and that's something that i want to try out later on um but in any case uh there are there are a couple of other things that people are wondering about unpacked actually you know what i should i should answer that question that i posed myself as well um as far as a wish list for the galaxy note 10 yeah um i mean there, potentially there's going to be more than one version and that's fine i'm curious yeah. to see what the note 10 pro or let's say a note 10 e if there's a slightly you know um lower version but whatever the higher version is I, I definitely want to see samsung go all in on the feature set especially when it comes to just raw performance and of course i'm going to bring up like gaming potentially um it'll be great to see samsung actually push their accessories a lot more because the yeah. s pen is part of the note family it's part of a note device it's something that you know you're going to get with the note but it would be great to see like mm -hmm. an actual controller perhaps or maybe it would be great to see those cases actually like go all in and you can bundle it and you can actually get those accessories because there are certain accessories that Samsung always shows off and unpacked and then we never really see them again like you have to make the effort to get those accessories yourself and I, it, they're market specific yeah they do that and I've seen that many many years and it bugs me because those are the cool things you see. You see those mm -hmm. like really nice features and stuff. So uh, I hope so. Yeah, I remember I'm the. Uh, I see all those accessories. What do they call it? The S Folio case, where like part of the screen would actually come up and you can use it without having to open the entire thing. Where did that go? Never saw that with the Note Nine. Um, it was right there, right next to it at unpacked. But then, like, it's not like Samsung ever sends those out for review units or anything like that. And at the same time, no, you got to no. dig pretty deep into Amazon to find those things. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're. I think for the most part, it'll be it'll be present in the uh, in their Asian market, but I think it's the reality is I think we need to have uh, an easier access. Have it on Samsung.com. Make it easier for people to order. True. There's no reason why people can't customize, and people want to customize their phones. Not everybody uses their phone without a case. These are things that people love, and that definitely I I love the one that they added with the um, the Galaxy back on the casing for your uh, S10 or S10 Plus. Those things become much easier since we lost the LED or the notification LED to to know when you're getting new messages or calls or so on, and your phone is facing down. Oh, so yeah. make it functional, make it real. Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed those on the on the S10 Plus. Yeah, and then like but a control, like a first party controller would be great. Um, mm -hmm. you know, just other other cases that might facilitate that kind of thing because we've seen gaming phones really, um, really come into the limelight recently. So with the with the S10 Plus, it did have that cooling system and a few uh gaming forward features. Let's just keep going in that direction exactly. because that just means that the phone is future proof. 
Because when you make it exactly. when you make it as powerful as possible, you can use it for as long as possible. Uh, final question, as far as unpacked is concerned, um, and also final question for this uh, for this for this episode: um, Are we going to see there? There has been some speculation, or rather, some news stories coming out saying that Samsung has actually fixed the problems with the Galaxy Fold. Uh, yeah, will this unpacked feature? another appearance by the fold which okay to be fair it's supposed to be out by now right <laughs> it, it not only is it was supposed to be out but again so there's also reports then that not only has it been fixed and it was supposed to come out in july yeah so there's some reports kind of conflicting reports saying that you know we we're supposed to see it in july ahead of unpacked but i understand why the rumors would basically link it to unpacked being that it's only like a few days into august it would make sense for them to show it again but it would be kind of like where everybody's like, okay, how did they change it? Are they going to introduce it as a new fold? Is it the same fold? Is it fold 2.0? Or mm -hmm. what do you, what do you, how do you recover from it? But I, I think the best way to do it is go on stage, own it, say, look, we realized we had a problem. We went there, we worked at it very hard, we fixed it, and we're now ready to show you guys the brand new fold or whatever they they decided. But I think that, that would be a nice thing, and I think it, it's a good. It's a good stage because the world is going to be watching anyways to watch out, you know, what's the new node, what's coming out, what are the new tech. So it's the one place for them to basically speak to everybody and say, look, it didn't work. We fixed it and we're cool now. Now give <laughs> us your cool. thousand dollars. I, <laughs> I, I still hold my same opinion when it comes to foldable devices. Literally none of them are going to be idiot proof. And I'm not disparaging oh, no. users or anything like that. I just, I just know that these phones are going to break easier than any ones we've had before. And as far as the fold is concerned, end, like yeah. they'll probably make it so that you can't peel off the screen the way that you know some people did when the first fold review units went out. But that also doesn't mean that people are not going to fold it the wrong way. They're not going <laughs> to. I mean, they might sit on it while it's open. That already is going to break something. Like there's there, there are going to be breaks, and I think that there's no way of getting around that. So hopefully Samsung has found a way of at least mitigating that to a small degree. Mm -hmm. So. If they are if they are able to do that and that gets some airtime during unpacked, then more power to them. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens in about a month's time. So hopefully we're going to see you there, TK. I, and uh, I I'm working very hard. Yeah, no, I <laughs> I want to be there. I want to hang out with everybody. I want to get a chance to play. But I I enjoyed last the last unpacked so much. Yeah, <laughs> it's it is it's a, it's a it's a um it's an amazing experience and I've been to other shows and so on, but just to go there and check it out because they even had some things on the show floor that we didn't even hear on stage. There you know, some, there, there are new tablets. Uh, you had oh, yeah. an opportunity to go in there and test out different experiences. So it, it wasn't just the phones. And, um, and then of course, that's where we got access to those new buds with the, uh, the galaxy buds. And I love them. My favorite buds ever. I have them in my pocket every time. Oh really? So it's one of those. Really, yeah. I do still like them. It's then. easy to use, simple, and they, they, it's hard to, because I like a lot of cases, a lot of uh, like one of those true wireless ones, but it's hard to pass when it's so small. That's true. I, I'll give you that. Um, they are they it's, are it's nice. The to size, use. yeah, and in, and especially if you have your SN reverse wireless charge, or in my case, if you have a Mate Twenty Pro, reverse wireless charge. Yeah, true. And they will connect to any phone. They don't. They don't have to just be to a Galaxy. My my only no, before we ramble too long, I just want to make sure to put a because you you brought up the buds and that made me want to say the only yeah, yeah, there are no, only no, two no, things yeah. about the buds I don't like. Um, battery life could be better, and also you can yeah. they have to be used in tandem. Like you, you can only use one side on its own, but you can't use the other side, right? Isn't that the way that they work? Uh, it depends. So if you whichever one you pick out of the actual case will end up being the one side. So if you want to pick up the right ear, just take it out of the case in one ear. Don't take one out, listen to it, and then put 
take one on the left and then take one down. It gets confused. You have to just put them back in and take one out. So but you can use both sides. It'd be nice to to have independence between the two. Yeah. Independent. Yeah. Well, not only that, they also do this weird thing where if you're using only one, it um it limits the audio on them. It reduces the audio ever so slightly. And if you take the second one out to use them in stereo, you suddenly realize that your volume goes up by like maybe two or three decibels. And it's something to do with the way they they. That's one thing that bugs me because I want to be able to listen to it to whatever I want. Yeah. Especially if I want to listen to the surrounding sound, but you know what? For the price point, the battery, like you said, it's not the best. But for me, it it survives long enough, and if it does die, I can charge it easily. Um, and yeah, for it, it's hard to beat. I, I would have wished that we had just internal storage. That's one thing I miss. Oh yeah, that's true. If I have to say something about it, we lost it from the last buds, and there's so it's, even though they're wireless, you can't use them and go for a run. You just have to make sure that it's connected to something. That is a good point. Um, yeah, we're, we're <laughs> listeners and uh, viewers. We're practically we're practically walking Phoenix and her. Like we want one in all the time. Like that's <laughs> kind of how we are. Uh, but in any case, <laughs> oh, on yeah. that note, we're going to go ahead and call it on this episode. I will do the outro after the fact. So let's go ahead and roll the thing. And on that note, we're going to go ahead and call it on this one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pocket Now Weekly and for watching the highlight reel over on the YouTube channel. Don't forget to answer the questions this week uh, in the comment sections down below on the highlight reel. The question being, of course, what are the different messaging services that you're actually using right now? And how ridiculous do you think it actually is that we have so many of them available? You can follow TK over at tkdsl8655 on twitter and instagram and then you know me i am at jv tech t i'm jv i love tech and i love to drink me some tea catch up on what the weekly is talking about at pocketnow.com slash podcast and make your voices heard by getting into the comment sections and also by emailing us podcast at pocketnow.com don't forget to give us some reviews and ratings on all of the different services that you might be streaming us and with that, we're going to go ahead and call it on this episode of the Pocket Now Weekly, and we look forward to seeing you in the next one.